Welcome to Wonders and Wisdom with Megan and Leonie. We are here to talk about our wonderful, sometimes not so wonderful, experiences and how we are turning them into practical wisdom. Because making meaning out of what we go through empowers us. Today we're talking about wonders and wisdom in the world of intuition and reconnecting to your intuition. Yeah, over the last uh, years, both of us have um, experimented with um, following our inner knowing and um, listening to our bodies and all of these things that are uh, connected to intuition. Um, but Megan, you especially are very brave <laughs> in following that inner voice and um, listening to it, even if it gives you random, seemingly random input um, that might not be rationally understandable <laughs> so um, yeah I'm very uh, I have high, high respect for that and um, maybe we can start off with you telling us what intuition is from your perspective thank you those are very um, encouraging words to start off with I'll share my personal definition it changes often but currently the definition that works for me is intuition is when you connect with and when you surrender to life or the universe or source or divine spirit your soul or god or any of these words that you like to use for a benevolent organizing force which you cannot physically see and when you do that there's a flow state which actually allows things to work out in a way that's superior to what your mind can think up so that is the thing that I use as sort of a guidance when I think of my intuition. And then there's a secondary definition, which relates very much to the first one, which is about being in a state where you're not pushing things away and you're not pulling things towards you. You're sort of neutral. You're in more of a receiving state. And it's not a passive state because once you receive the go-ahead, you go. <laughs> There's, uh, it's, it's just you moving in an aligned way instead of in a way that you've mentally constructed. And, um, it really helps me to actually think of this centered space as opposed to being like, I need this. I need more of that. This is wrong. This is bad. And, um, just ease into it a little bit more. And we would actually like to give a little bit of a background for both of us. Uh, Leonid, would you like to start or should I? I can start. Great. Um, yeah, I think for me, um, I'm not even sure if I would say that I necessarily try to connect to my intuition. I think for the most part, for me, it was this more this listening to my body. Um, and yeah, I mean, I've talked about how I got really sick um, some years ago already on the podcast. And I think there was just multiple situations in my life where um basically my mind couldn't figure out how to get out of it anymore um and rationally i was like i don't know where this is going anymore i, I don't see the way forward and i kind of just had to surrender and just trust in myself trust in what i knew i had to do and um yeah, then it kind of usually worked out in a way, even though sometimes it takes way longer than I would like to. Um, 
And what I've come to realize is that I have now have a quite a strong connection to my body. And when I see um, an option, of, for example, a course that I want to buy or an offer that somebody makes, I can usually tell quite quickly whether my body is like, yes, I want to do this or no, that's not for me. Um, so yeah, that's kind of been my journey, but I'm also very much still uh, dabbling with it at the moment, also seeing um, how much do I actually trust what what I hear and uh, do I hear it and how much is it um, intertwined with fear and conditioning and all these things. Um, so yeah, it's very much, I think for me, um, reconnecting with my intuition is very much a journey and a relationship that I'm building and it's not something that just happens overnight, but it's something that I really need to cultivate um, because it's definitely not my first go-to that I grew up with. Um, yeah. How is it for you? Wow, thank you for sharing that. You took us, you already sort of touched on a lot of the points that we're going to move into and um, that really sort of sets the scene in a good way. And the word you said, was you're not sure if you can trust it. That's the one that stuck out, stood out to me the most. And I guess that's also the important word in my journey. It's not necessarily hearing it, it's trusting it. Um, and if you are struggling to trust it, you you know it becomes easier to discard the thing that you're hearing. And in my life, if I have to think about my background with intuition, in a way it's been very present for me all along if I just look at some of the decisions I've made I've made a lot of bold decisions and I continue to make a lot of bold decisions and I often get the feedback from people like this is and you even said it in the beginning of this episode which I was smiling at people think that I'm extremely brave and I do own that I do you know I acknowledge yes that's a, a characteristic that I have but I don't really consider it brave necessarily I just consider it that I'm guided in a sense. So I don't make random leaps off the edge of cliffs just for fun. Um, it's very, very much like, I want to say I get told to do it, but I just sense this is the thing to do and then I do it and I have absolutely no proof that it's going to work, none. And I guess by now, having done it so many times, I'm able to trust it much more than I ever have. And the first few times I didn't trust it, but then somehow I feel like life gave me various opportunities to learn the same lesson. And eventually I was like, okay, so if I have, if I don't do this, this happens. And if I do do this, this happens. If I listen, this happens. If I don't listen, that happens. So it's been 100% a trust relationship, a building of a trust relationship for me. And um, I also didn't ever conceptualize it as, okay, this is my intuition speaking or, I didn't even really think about it. I just, I started noticing patterns in my life and then having reflected on it considerably, I came to see like, that was my intuition. That's the voice of my intuition. And it's also really helped me to be able to see that's the fear voice and that's the intuition voice. And um, still a journey, of course, because you sometimes, the, the ask is bigger <laughs> than other times. And of course, if the stakes feel very low, then it's easier to listen. And that's also something I absolutely encourage to practice with smaller things. We've also spoken about it in previous episodes. Um, for example, the dancing episode that we recently did, we were talking about practicing in smaller ways. It's been very much a journey of 
seeing what happens on a small scale in order to be able to be braver when it comes at a bigger scale. But it's not that it ever really gets easier and it's not really supposed to because if it's trust, it's not conditional. <laughs> so uh, that is my little background to intuition in my life. And how, maybe can you explain a bit more how you hear your intuition and also as opposed to the fear voice that comes in sometimes? I can. The way it works for me is the intuition is very calm. There's nothing panicked about it. There's nothing that says, if you don't do this, then that. This is your last chance. <laughs> you better listen. That whole you know that whole type of reasoning that's not your intuition that to me is fear anxiety conditioning conditional love i guess you could also call it like it's very much like you better do this or else whereas intuition i feel like it's more of an offering it's more like a it feels expansive to me it feels like oh okay this could work but then very soon after this is where it gets tricky very soon after that the panic comes right so Sometimes they, they, they overlay so much that you think, I hear the voice, there's a tiny gap, and then the anxiety comes, then you think they're the same thing, but it's not. The voice that speaks initially to you, at least the way it speaks to me, is very calm and very relaxed, and there are no, there's no threat involved. It's just, a, there's almost a naturalness to it. But as soon as you start to, to, to reason, and you start to be like, but why am I being told to do that? But that wasn't my plan this will happen if I do this. If I don't, and I plan, you know, all of those sort of add-ons, um, they, they, they can make it tricky because then you, you, you don't really understand what's talking to you anymore. So it's 100% a practice. And I also very much believe that people have different connections to the intuition. And the way that I'm describing it to you now is how it works for me. One of the ways it works for me, it works for me in many other ways. But I would say it's like a journey that you walk on with yourself to understand when this happens for me, that means that. When this happens for me, that means that. And you can only really do it trial and error, I feel, because um, if you just copy-paste someone else's definition, like even if it sounds good, um, to be honest with you, it's too challenging to just believe on face value. You have to feel it for yourself in order to trust it because – it seems almost crazy at times to do what your intuition is asking you to do. So um, I, as much as I hope that this definition can help someone, um, I would still say it's going to be slightly different for you or maybe it's going to show up in a completely different way. Um, and I think that's that, that makes complete sense, that we don't necessarily have the exact same messaging system. But if there was one thing to hold on to, I would say it's not an anxious thing. It's a, mm. is a piece in that, in, in that, in that, at least in the moment. Um, yeah. yeah. And I also really like the, um, what you said before about uh, grabbing or pulling, because I can also feel for me, for example, it's more of a visceral feeling, but I can feel how sometimes when I think of something, there's just a aliveness and like a bubbling energy. And other times, um, there's more this kind of grabbing, oh, if this would work out, then it would be perfect. Like this kind of 
uh, trying to find a solution that's both secure and uh, aligns with what I'm trying to do or where I'm trying to get. And yeah, I'm really trying to feel the difference of those two things. And I think even though it feels different for different people, it can still be helpful to hear someone else talk about it and then maybe recognize something um, from your own. Um, yeah, and I mean, you uh, since you have so much experience with this, you're actually starting to um, help also other people connect with their intuition. And you've recently, actually yesterday on your birthday, you um, published a guide um, to help uh, yeah, learn more about one's intuition. And um, there you put uh, eight kind of themes um, uh, different ways to look at or strengthen your intuition. And um, the first one is um, intuition and the power of presence. Um, and I think we already touched upon that, this um, aspect of we, if we are constantly thinking about the future or reminiscing about the past, we don't really hear this in the moment signal from our body um, or wherever it's coming from. <laughs> um, so, yeah, maybe you want to talk more about, tell, tell us more about that. Yeah, that was a very good, good introduction to it as well. I, before I dive into it, I just wanted to say one more thing that mm -hmm. you did, you hinted at it as well, but it was just the role of the mind because I think it can easily be confused with if you're saying like, listen to the intuition, but not to the anxiety or whatever, like you don't like, where's your mind's role in this, right? Like, why do you have a mind? Like, why do you have the ability to reason? Why do you have the ability to, you know, do disaster management or planning? Why do you even have the capacity to plan? Like, is that a mistake? Is that just like a developmental error? Um, this is a question I get a lot. And it's a valid question because, you know, your mind is a big part of what, what, what makes your day run in a certain way as opposed to another way. But the way that I feel about the mind is that as long as it's not mastering you, it's incredibly helpful. And it's something that you can sort of get on board once you've got the intuitive go ahead to do something. I mean, it's incredible the capacity that your mind has to help you plan, to help you strategize, to help you do all of these things. So none of those things are wrong. It's just when you're, and we're primarily talking about big decisions, right? We're not necessarily talking about, should I eat? Should I read this book? It can be that. And, you know, there are people that are very moment to moment with that. But we're talking more about like, is this the right job for me? Should I be in this relationship? Should I move to that country? Like your mind can help you in executing on the decisions that you've made. But we're talking about this, like when you actually decide my ship is sailing in this direction. That's not the decision to be made with your mind. That's not the one that you need a pro, pros and cons list for. That's not the one that you need to be like, okay, but if I do this, then that'll happen, then that'll happen, then that'll happen. And, you know, that whole part is, it's actually a whole lot simpler if you have this intuitive connection. But then your mind is still very much playing its part to help you, you know, to help you with the execution. The problem, I would say, in most of our society is just that we give the mind the decision-making role and all other roles at all times and the mind is not a very reliable uh, resource because it's influenced by so many different things a lot of conditioning a lot of fear and actually um, that is not in my way of seeing things at least not it's not its best look <laughs> there are things that it could be much better put to use for. 
then I will jump to the power of presence. And um, these eight aspects that you're referring to are what's helped me um, to get to the relationship I have today with my intuition. It was a bit of a post-rationalization. I never thought necessarily these are eight aspects that I need to do to connect with my, with my intuition and, you know, um, took them one by one. But I've done that with many other things in my life. There have been steps that I've taken in other ways that I didn't have this sort of natural inclination to. So I think you can go about it either way. And I put power of presence first because I think it's the basis of everything. Because if you don't have a relationship to the present moment, you can forget about getting intel from, I mean, we said earlier, you know, a higher source, the divine, your soul, your higher self, God, whatever organizing force you want to call it. Like that doesn't speak to you in all the drama of your past and all the anxiety of your future. You have to be aware and alive and awake and, you know, be there to receive the message kind of a thing. So that was my almost, there's no, there's no point that's more important than the other, but it's definitely a key ingredient. And that's not something you know mentally and then suddenly you're present for the rest of your life. We've spoken about it also in previous episodes, how that's a practice. Returning to the present moment is a, it's a lifelong game, but the more you do it, the more it can help you. The more present you are, the more connected you are to intuition. It works in both ways. And even if um, we won't really get into um, something called human design authority in this episode, but it is something that I speak about in the guide, I do speak about how the timing can be different for people. So even if we're talking about it being present moment information, we're not saying everybody needs to get this hit from out of nowhere and go, go, go. It's just that there has to be some moment of presence to receive the information. For some people, it is actually very sensible to wait, to let their emotions settle, to, you know, in some cases, wait a considerable amount of time for a lot of things to happen. So it isn't necessarily that everybody needs to just get the info and go, but at some point, the information has to arrive and you have to open up a space for that to land. But I think even the, the waiting part, um, it's because it's not about waiting and not doing anything. It's about waiting and being so present that when you get an insight or when you have like a nudge to the right direction, then you actually notice it. Um, 100%. and maybe I can tell a story from myself about this, um, which also connects to the next part, um, which is intuition and knowing yourself. Um, and for me, one thing that I just thought about when I read that is when I was, um, I wasn't working for quite a while when I was, um, healing from depression and, that was very much a waiting state because I was like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm doing everything I can to continue healing, but I, I'm like, I can feel that I'm not ready to go back to work and I'm not sure when I will be. <laughs> and, um, so there was like, uh, I had to be very present and continuously be in this, like, okay, am I really not ready to go back to work or am I just avoiding the situation? What is happening here? So I had to be very, very present. And at the same time, also this aspect of knowing myself, because obviously lots of people from the outside were asking, like, don't you just want to try it? Maybe, you know, once you go back, it works out in the end. And um, 
then there's all these like conditioning of like maybe I'm just too lazy, maybe um, I just need to get over myself, maybe, maybe, maybe. Um, and I always had to get myself back to this place of no, I know myself and I know that I'm not a lazy person. I know that I have high intrinsic motivation. I know that I actually enjoy working when I'm, uh, you know, doing the right thing with the right energy and I have the capacity to do that. Um, and right now my body is just really telling me, no, I can't work and I need to rest and recover and heal. And um, then actually one day, I don't even like, I can almost say the date, like one day it was just like, oh, I think I need to go back to work. Like not tomorrow, but like in, in a month, I think I need to go back. And then it was just pretty clear. And then, like you said, the fear came in and all of that. But um, yeah, so that was for me like a pretty uh, interesting experience of this waiting and trusting that I know myself enough to trust what I'm feeling. I remember that moment so clearly. I remember it was like from, from one day to the next, you're like, I'm not ready, I'm not ready. And then that, I think it was in the morning, you just told me, I'm ready to go back to work. And it was so clear <laughs> to me that was not a mental decision. You yeah. just, you basically got the go ahead from, you know, the, I guess you could call it yourself or who, you know, you got something that goes beyond reason, beyond logic, because logically you could have been told months earlier it's time, or logically you could have also argued, no, I still need six more months. Like there wasn't something that made sense, but something in you shifted and then it was time. Yeah. Yeah, I think knowing yourself is just this aspect too that we're talking about is pivotal. It is extremely helpful. Um, the way I talk about it in the guide is through a few different lenses. I talk about it through human design, of course, because that's a field that I work in. But we also, I also mentioned that there's, you know, there's so many ways to do this. It needn't be human design. You can use astrology, you can use numerology, or you can use something that doesn't even have anything to do with your birth date, if that works better for you. There are people who really do very well with something like the Enneagram or Myers-Briggs, for example. I personally prefer the systems I mentioned first, but it's really just about getting a little bit more clarity on the uniqueness of your character and your challenges and your gifts because that helps you to understand how is this information going to come through for me. And um, there is... In human design, there are many different ways to even zoom into how your intuition works. So I imagine in other systems, there are also things which give you an indication of how, how that would be. So that is, all of these aspects are almost potential layers that could be impacting things that could be standing between you and your intuition or that could be helping you to connect. So we're touching on them as almost as if to say like, is this something that might be um, an area of interest for you? Is this something that you have completely mastered already and you don't need to worry about it? Is this something that might be particularly challenging for you? Um, because it's this, this experimentation that we talked about right in the beginning. That's kind of how you do it, right? You turn over several rocks and you're like, here I'm good, here maybe not so much. And um, then let's just jump straight into aspect three. And aspect three is actually something that we've covered extensively on the podcast. So we won't spend all that much time on it. But it is so important that we will mention it, well, mention it at least briefly, and it's intuition and knowing you are loved. And um, it was our episode on self-worth that really, you know, set the scene for this. And in one sentence, I would just say, if you are not able to be kind to yourself, 
it's very difficult to build any kind of a relationship with yourself. And if you're saying that your intuition is a relationship that you're building with yourself and your soul, yourself and your spirit, it's not something that's going to function if there's a harshness and a meanness and a critical element to it. The softer you are, the more likely that it's going to be, you know, that it's going to come online for you. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because I think we talked about it a lot already, but we didn't talk about this connection it has to your intuition. Sure. Um, yeah, but I think the way you said it makes a lot of the sense that obviously when you're kind of being super critical of yourself, obviously you're also not going to trust those little cues that you might get. So, um, yeah, very interesting to consider that. Definitely. And then... Do you want to move on to the next one already? Yeah. Just if you, if you, if this one feels like hmm, this might be it, go listen to our self worth episode. If you want to <laughs> we're going to dive into that topic quite extensively. Yeah, and the next um, topic you um, put in your guide is intuition and knowing where you come from. Do you want to explain what you mean by that? Knowing where you come from, I think there's not anybody who's interested in any kind of self-development that hasn't asked the question like why am I this way <laughs> what happened in my life that that made me this way why do I react like this you know what what is it about this particular thing that's so triggering for me and very soon you will or you will have already gotten to the point of realizing that something in my history impacted me in a way that makes me act in a certain way now. Or maybe not makes me act, but influences the way that I act. I think there's a lot of things contributing, but how you grew up primarily, the experiences you had when you were younger, when your, your, your mind was forming, when your perceptions were forming, when your worldview was forming, that has an impact on everything. And of course, that also includes your intuition. So if you grew up in a household where intuition was a word that people didn't really use or that it was very, let's say, very traditional or very conservative and it was very, I mean, these are huge generalizations that I'm making, of course. There can always be very, you know, different factors at play. But if you grew up in a, in a, in a household where you trust the hard facts only, chances are that that's going to be how you, at least how you started your life. You may have rebelled against that and gone completely in the other direction and been like, no, that's not it. But many of us, if or, you know, many people have that 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 way of growing up. That's how you. That's what you think is correct until you start challenging it and then being like, hmm, but is it really correct? You know, how well is that working out for them? <laughs> is that what I want to do? You know, parts of it probably yes, but I want to carve my own way. And yeah, it's really just about asking yourself the little voice in my head that is telling me, I can trust this. I can't trust this. This is dangerous. I should do more of that. Like, where's that coming from? And is that something that you want to keep holding on to? Or is that something that you would like to address? And it could also, I mean, I've used the one extreme, but it could also be, for example, that you grew up in a very uh, mystical household. You grew up in a way where everything was, everything was a concept and everything was, you know, fluffy and, and, you know, it wasn't so tangible. And there are also consequences to that because if you don't have, a good feeling for the practical, tangible world that you live in, you suffer. You need them both. You can't just be going on vibes and not thinking about how you're going to pay your rent. So if perhaps you grew up in a household like that, where at least your parents were saying that they were, you know, they don't care for the material plane, 
chances are that you can also lump intuition in there and be like, well, this is what it happens when I listen to something that I can't prove, you know, I reject that completely. And then maybe you've also, you know, put something between you and your intuition and you end up, you know, not trusting it when actually that wasn't necessarily in its healthy form. It was something, you know, it was just one half of the equation. I think I, I say it in the beginning of my guide, but I would like to say it here as well. The seen and the unseen are equally important. That's how I feel about it. You can't have the one and not have the other. But I think the large part of our society has a deficit in terms of believing in things that you can't touch and feel. And we're much more comfortable with things that we can prove in inverted commas. Yeah, and I think it also just really helps to kind of know your programming and quotes. Mm-hmm. Um, because and also to observe other people um for example when it comes to finances for example like did you grow up with a deep trust that there is enough money or um did you grow up grow up with enough money or did you grow up with the sense that maybe there was enough money but you never felt that there is enough money and like and how do other people feel about that and then because when we make decisions so often, or when we are afraid of certain things, so often when we look at other people, they make the same decisions or do the same things and they're not afraid of it in the same way. And it's like, but why? And then we can kind of see, and it's not even to um, like blame anyone for it or to be mad about it. It's just the more we know what kind of our subconscious is trying to do to protect us, the more we can kind of see whether that's actually needed or whether that's maybe from another time, another generation, and actually today we need something else to be safe. Um, so, yeah, I think it also goes back to the knowing yourself, just knowing how you operate in the world and whether that's useful for you or not. 100%. Um, in the guide I write about, I do a little exercise or like take take people through a little exercise, which is like, what do you do when you actually identify like, okay, but I've got my mom's voice. Like, I don't want my mom's voice in my head all the time telling me like, I need all the facts before I make a decision or my dad's voice being like, if you don't do a pros and cons list, you're being irresponsible. Like if you have those sort of voices, we all have some of them, it can be going in either direction. There are There are actual practical ways that you can move through them and in the document and also now I find the bridge between those thought forms and the physical aspect to be incredibly helpful so the 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 fifth aspect is the body's wisdom or you know connecting to to a literal bodily feeling which tells you which way to go and also something we've covered extensively but maybe not, um, I don't think we've ever used the words intuition when we speak about it. Um, you said right in the beginning that your journey has been very much like, uh, you know, the, the physical aspect has been very big for you. And we also know that from previous episodes. But would you like to reflect on your intuition and your body's wisdom? Or do they feel like the same thing to you? Mm, yeah, to, to an extent, definitely. Um, and I think what just came to my mind is that um before I started this nervous system healing work and um also kind of healed a lot of the emotions that were stuck and a lot of fear and so on um I used to be so tense and so 
um yeah there was just so much stuffed inside of me that couldn't flow that i also couldn't really feel this um present moment information um and i think that's also something that um Gabba Mate, a doctor that I really admire, talks about, Irene Lyon talks about a lot of people, both in the spiritual as well as in psychology or nervous system healing world, talk about is that when there's so much from the past that's still stuck in your body in some ways, it's really hard to be in the present moment and to really feel what is it my body is telling me right now? How do How do I feel in this situation? Do I feel comfortable and safe with these people or do I actually not feel good with them um, and all these things so I think the more we get in touch with that again and in a in a safe and good way which is why I think we need professionals to guide us with that oftentimes um, but then we can really kind of clear out all this stuff that's um, keeping us from feeling what's actually underneath that 100% and um, we've spoken about it, but I'll reiterate that the signals that you get from your body are not necessarily like, we're not necessarily going to say, leave this job or move to that country. They might, but it's as subtle as I'm hungry, I'm in pain, you know, all of those things. And if those things are not intact, if you don't have the feeling for them, if you're not, you know, also treating your body with reverence and respect in those moments, it's also very difficult for it to give you information because there's a disconnect. There's something in between you and the signaling that your body is trying to give you. So every little bit that you do on all of those other fronts, you know, if you go to bed when you're tired, if you, you know, don't eat something that doesn't smell good to you, whatever, all of that is like you gain a little bit of ground in terms of your relationship with your body. Your body is able to give you information in a way and maybe it's, you know, it's also trying to give you this information at other times, but you're not able to receive it because you've numbed it. So there are, I think, also times where you have will have a physical knowing, like this is the person for me, or I can't be in this space one more second. So it could also work on that scale, but I'm just saying it needn't be that. Like every little, not so little, but you know, every sort of a sensation or every sort of a denial or an acceptance of what you're being guided towards in your physical form moves you closer to this trust in yourself because trust in yourself is not just trust in your mind it's trust in your body it's trust in your whole vehicle you know you want to get everybody you want to try to get everybody on the same side you know mm -hmm. within yourself to to move forward in a much more empowered way yeah i think using those little day-to-day -day scenarios and also practicing with those decisions that don't really make a difference um is very helpful and also necessary in a way for me at least um to build that trust and i mean even for um i don't know ordering meals like I, I used to read the menu and always like i always needed half an hour to read everything and then pick my three favorite ones and then decide which one and now i just open the menu and i pretty much pick the first thing that speaks to me and sometimes it's not perfect, but uh, I get a kind of practice in how I know what I should pick. And then also 
I don't waste as much time <laughs> thinking about a small decision that really doesn't make such big difference. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's those really little ways that we can practice li listening to our bodies. Um, but maybe we can move on to the sixth point, which is intuition and your subconscious. <laughs> oh yes, this is my favorite one. This is my personal favorite, and also something we haven't actually talked about on on the podcast at all. So this would be sort of new, a new um, thing to discuss. For me, my subconscious is very much linked to my dreams, and my dreams are honestly my secret weapon. Like there are so many decisions that I've made or calls that I've made or pivots in my life that have come from my dreams, literally. Like I wake up in the middle of the night and I know this is what I have to do. This is the way that I have to move. And of course, there's a, you know, there's a lot of work that's gone into the point to, for that to happen. So it's not just my dreams necessarily, but the way that it works for me is like, Everything that's getting process, 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 it comes to me in that moment um, through my dreams. And it comes in two ways. Um, there's the very sort of, well, the first one is very much about my dreams giving me information in terms of where I'm at emotionally. And that's just something that's incredibly helpful. So, for example, I'll have a dream in which I'll experience a certain emotional state and I'll remember it the next day and I'll know that emotional state is living in me at this moment. There's something there that's wanting to happen. Something in the previous few days happened that activated it or something is coming or I'm not exactly sure what, but I know this is a theme that's that's there in my life right now. And the more I can, you know, I've been doing this for three years now writing down my dreams every single day I've gotten very 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 good at understanding like okay guilt guilt is coming and then I watch the next day I'm like okay where's it coming where's it coming where's it coming and then at a certain point it's like oh okay I've manufactured a situation to feel guilty and it's not quite that of course but it's like it's wanting to express somehow and that's why I also say to people sometimes it's like a little prophecy because I already know the previous night what's coming and that also helps me then in the next day to sort of be aware of what overlay do I have on the voice of my intuition? What lens am I looking at it through? Am I already feeling inherently guilty? Am I already feeling anxious? Do I already think like, okay, I've done something, you know, something bad or I'm irresponsible? Because that then influences, you know, when I get these hits, then it's almost that sort of after voice very soon. It's like, oh, okay, but you're only thinking about yourself or, you know, you can't do that. That's crazy. So that's the one way that the dreams definitely speak to me. And I think it's many other people that it speaks to this, the same way. The second way is literally like I actually just get hits. Like I just, I mean, by the time this comes out, everybody will know this. I just cut my hair. <laughs> like I cut my hair like in a short pixie cut. And um, people ask me, why did I do that? And I say, okay, I've, I've heard it in a dream that I should do it. And I understand that to some people that can sound a little bit wacky, but I've understood now that it's basically helping me along my path for various reasons. In this case, I know that my body image is something that I've struggled with for a long time. My association with what I look like and the, the, the love and respect I get from other people is something that's a big topic for me. And this cutting my hair is moving me forward on that path. And I could ignore that, right? I can wake up in the morning and be like, no ways. I had no intention to cut my hair. My hair is very cute. I like my pigtails. I'm not going to cut it. And that's what I've done with a lot of the information I've received in my dreams for years. But by now, 
I know if I go for, if I go for that, like I, 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 the, 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 you know, the benefit that I get from that is huge because that's again, my body trying to help me. It's trying to give me a little like, huh, look at this. What about this? But it's just an offering. There's no like, if you don't cut your hair, then someone's going to come with a scissor and cut it off for you in two weeks because you didn't listen. It's not that. It's like, this is a, you know, try, you know, what about this? And I can already feel why I needed to do this. Even when at the time that I got that, you know, piece of intel, I was like, why? (laughs) This wasn't even on my radar, not at all. So um, that's how my dreams have been working. And, um, it's not even something that the two of us have spoken about much. Is it something that you've delved into at all or is it completely new to you? Or mm, Well, first I have to say, again, I'm, I'm in deep admiration of the trust you have built. It's, it's really incredible, I think. Um, for me, I think I learned about lucid dreaming, which is a practice of um, basically becoming conscious and aware during your dreams and possibly even being able to um, influence your dreams and what is happening there. Um, I learned about that some years ago and I actually also started recording um, my dreams regularly for a while. Um, and it's really interesting because the more you do it, the more you remember. So when I first started, I was like, um, and I did it the same way that you described in the guide with like um, audio recording on my phone. And the first time I was like, I woke up and I wanted to record something and I'm like, I already forgot everything. Like there's just two words and it doesn't make sense. And, but the more I did it at some point I could, I had recorded like five dreams a night and I would just wake up, talk, fall back asleep, wake up, talk, fall back asleep. And then the the next night I would listen to them. Um, and I find it super fascinating. I, I didn't keep up with the practice because then life happened and everything else. And I, um, yeah, I would be really curious to get back into it. Um, because I think even, even apart from intuition, I think there's so much to explore and, um, I mean, dreams are, are crazy. I mean, we can experience things in our dreams that, um, are just not possible in day-to-day life. And, um, and even it, I feel like it expands the day also because it wasn't like I felt more tired the next day. It's more like I had just experienced more. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's something that I would like to get into again. But um, I think it also takes a lot of discipline, or for me at least. Um, yeah, let's see how I can get back into that. But uh, one thing I wanted to mention is what I find really fascinating um, about this work with the subconscious, this is actually not something that's super spiritual. I mean, it, in the spiritual world, it's obviously very prominent and there's um, shadow work and all these things. Um, Gustav Jung, the psychologist, also did a lot of work on that. But also we know from neuroscience these days how much of an influence our subconscious actually has on our day-to-day lives. Um, and I don't know exactly the percentage, but I think it's like, um, there are studies that between 90, 95, maybe even more, maybe even 99% of our decisions are taking, are taken subconsciously before we even become aware of it. And then we become aware and then we think we take a conscious decision. But actually, um, from what neuroscientists have found, a lot of the times the decision is already made, um, before we kind of have this conscious process. So, um, 
yeah, there's it's just really, really fascinating. I mean, I've always been fascinated for neuroscience and brains and everything. And um, yeah, there's a lot to explore. I love that. That's super interesting. I love it when people talk science and it like backs up the stuff that I just <laughs> feel or experience. Like, I mean, it, it's really, really great for me. Like how our minds also work really different. We've spoken about it before, but like I have very little scientific backing of a lot of what I'm saying but then often like people who have a deeper understanding of that like that's how they can also make sense of it and then it meets and it's like wow there's actually like you know this is the same it's the same thing being said in many different ways which is also how I feel about everything that I'm saying like it's very much like you can look at it this way you can look at it this way you can look at it that way all of these aspects you can also actually boil them down to one thing if you want if you try to expand them you can but you can also you know you, you can also, you can approach it from so many different ways. And I, I find that absolutely fascinating. Um, just one thing I wanted to say, you used the word discipline. It's a bit of a controversial word for some people. I like <laughs> it, but you said that you're not sure if you'll like have the discipline necessarily to get back into the stream practice. And I just wanted to offer this to anyone listening. It might not be the thing for you. It might, but there might be other ways that are going to be much more helpful for you. This is incredibly helpful for me. So as a minimum, I would say try it out and see what happens. But I mean, I've studied like one billion different types of things and the things that I've picked out are the things that resonate with me. So someone could write a guide about intuition and put eight different things on there. But these are the ones that feel really good for me. So also don't think like this is the Bible of intuition that I've set mm -hmm. up here. Or well, I don't even think that, right? I'm like the people who are supposed to read this or, you know, the people who are supposed to work with me or, you know, anybody that's, you know, that I'm here to serve or to help are the people that feel some kind of a resonance with it, but it, you might resonate with 60% and not with 40%. And that doesn't mean that your intuition is any less intact than mine. It's just, it's an offering. It's like, hmm, look at this, look at this, maybe this, does this feel good? No. Okay. That feels good. Great. Do that. And then you find another thing which wasn't on the list and then that feels great to you. So um, yeah, just an invitation to to see everything that we're saying in that light. It's kind of counts for all of our episodes, but yeah, just to yeah, that's it. that's actually the reason why I haven't been uh, diving into it more because I also feel like this whole self care and uh, personal growth aspect. Like I've really tried to also follow my intuition on that one, and I know that I do a lot of um, kind of self care or healing practices. Um, every day pretty much but I know that the ones that and I've tried out different things but I know that the ones that stick are actually the ones that feel good in that moment and that actually are fun for me to do um, and yeah for dreams I kind of have this fascination for it but I so far I haven't had this like uh, internal feeling of I need to do this right now so yeah let's see how it develops <laughs> but very good that you pointed that out again um and uh now we wanted to also talk about intuition and your surroundings which is the seventh point in your guide um do you want to explain that one yes this is also it was a good lineup that we just said um all the things that we've just said are incredibly applicable to your surroundings because of course your surroundings and the surroundings that work for you that is so individual. That is so absolutely individual, the environment, which is going to work the best for you to connect with your intuition better. 
So this, in my case, has been it's been trial and error. It's been like when I'm here, I have a lot more clarity. When I'm in this environment, I'm not so much. I think there are some things which are fairly standardized, such as if you're constantly surrounded by people who doubt intuition, who don't subscribe at all, or who you know just create drama in your life and take up all of your energy. Probably your intuition is not going to really have you know that much time to flourish. But it could also be something like, in my case, I really hate the cold. I hate it. I really do. <laughs> I don't want to be cold for one second of my life. I have friends that are the 100% opposite. They do not want to be hot for them. What I feel when I'm very, very cold is like I'm using all of my energy to just survive. I get into this like I don't even know if I'm going to, you know, obviously I know I'm going to be fine. I like have, you know, everything I need to survive. But I can't tap into the part of me that's like really giving me this good intel because I'm using my capacity for something else. So I talk about, I list a few things that are like my ideal environment things. One of them is not being cold, but for me, it's also like, I love to be around beautiful things, like things that are to me super beautiful. Like if something's ugly, I don't even see it. I pretend it doesn't exist. That's not the case for everybody. Some people literally have an eye for like taking something and churning it into something beauty. I don't even want to see it if it's not beautiful. That's a very specific thing to me. Or for example, I love to be um, by myself a lot of the time, or I love to have like an environment away from people. I think everyone can benefit from that to some degree, but some people have a bigger need for time alone than others. Um, so it's, it's to summarize your surroundings and your intuition, it's just don't discredit how big a role it could play like are you comfortable are you feeling secure whatever that means for you because the more of those things you have intact for yourself the better the chances are that you're going to get get in touch with the inner knowing that your body's actually going to surrender the information to you or that you're actually going to be comfortable enough to to um, yeah to receive it what's your take on that Yeah, I think for me that has also shifted uh, because in the past I never really paid attention to it that much. And I've also, uh, I actually at the moment, for example, I live in a quite a small room. So I live in a shared flat and I have quite a small room. And when I was first looking for flats, I thought that I need like at least this amount of square meters. And now I have much less actually. Um, it kind of just turned out that way and it, seemed like this flat is a good flat fit but now I feel like actually I really really love my room because I've made it uh, cozy and it's like um, I feel like what I've noticed is that I think if I were in a larger room a lot of the times that's much more open I might actually feel a bit lost so I actually kind of like this um, coziness um, um so yeah and I also I I real like I, I've realized the more I've come in touch with myself the more I really need to get outside and go to a nearby park at least once or twice a day um like even if I'm sick I I really I really need to be very very sick to not <laughs> at least walk to the park for five minutes once or twice a day um and in the past that was not the case like in the past I would just sometimes stay in and like not even think about it but um, I think that's also the more you get in touch with yourself, the more you instinctually know what feels good for you. So I think also in that way, it's not something that we need to, um, yeah, use the mind for. It's more like something to observe and um, explore. 
Definitely. And it can also change. It could be that one phase in your life, your best environment is this, and another phase it's that. So it's not necessarily a set thing either, but um, it has a huge impact. And um, if you want to take like energetics wise, like this is a, it's a minefield, like what energy you have, like the people's energies that you're picking up on, you know, even just if you, you know, if you live next to a power plant, if you're living on a highway, like, like we might not always have, um, our ideal environment but the more steps you can take towards being an environment that your instinct tells you this is right this is good um yeah the better absolutely and then we've got aspect number eight and that is your intuition and your creative expression i feel like you're a master at this <laughs> do you want to am i <laughs> i think so i mean that's my impression at least <laughs> um well, I mean, we've talked, we had a whole episode about dancing. So obviously dancing for me is a huge part of my life. And, um, I mean, definitely the, I mean, there's different parts. I'm not sure how much it always connects to my intuition. I think it's also something that's just generally really good in keeping me healthy and alive and happy. Um, but also I know that, um, the, one class that I go to that's more like improvisation and just letting your body speak. Um, that has also given me quite a few insights into how I was feeling or, um, maybe how I was doing. So it's really helped me also to transform certain emotional states. Um, but yeah, I'm actually curious to, um, know in how, in what way you think that uh, I'm, uh, doing that. It was with regards to, to your dancing and your singing because I know how connected you are to that in many different ways. Like it's such an yeah. integral part of your life. And the connection that I make to it is that um, the creative expression part is about also helping you to empty out the things that mm -hmm. come up for you without you necessarily having to put words. I mean, creative expression can be words. So I'll, I'll speak about that in a second. But it's about emptying out things that get clogged up so that your vessel is more receptive to information so it's not necessarily that you're going to dance out your next job description mm. or that you're going to you know sing suddenly who it is that you should marry it's could be i guess some people do that but it's more like your creative expression is a tool that helps you connect with yourself which helps you connect with your intuition and the more you do that the more you understand like how that's like integral to your functioning and it's integral in a many different ways. It's not just intuition, yeah. but the, the, the connection I'm making is like the more you express yourself creatively, the less these things are stuck between you and your intuitive knowing because they're going, they're flowing. You're letting them have a space. Yeah. That's the, 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 yeah, maybe, the that I talked about. Mm -hmm. Thanks for um, that clarification that actually helped me also. Um, and since you mentioned the singing, that's actually quite an interesting um aspect of my life now that I think about it because I always loved singing like even as a child I would uh, sing along in the radio and annoy my family but um, I was never good at it <laughs> and I'm not just saying this uh, out of like um, false or false um, like I, that I don't want to say that I'm a good singer or whatever but I really wasn't good like I wasn't hitting the notes and whatever but um I kind of knew that I really want to sing and like some maybe like two years ago almost 
I was like, okay, I think I need to learn how to do it properly. Like I want to, I want to sing and I want to be able to sing in a way that feels even better for myself. Um, and then I found a really great singing teacher and her work is really just about getting in touch with my body and really also learning how to not push, not pull, to just be present and to really express authentically. And, um, her work is genius, but, um, it's really, really helped me so much. Hmm? Maybe we can put a link at the bottom of the episode. Yeah, for sure. Um, at least for German speakers. <laughs> um, and it's, it's really interesting how this also like this inner wish for, I, I think I really want to sing and I want to be able to sing has led me to this, um, yeah, self discovery, which is really about so much more than just singing. It's about, being in touch with my voice, uh, expressing authentically, being and getting in touch more with my body, like so many things came from that. Um, so yeah, in a way that was also, I guess, uh, led by my intuition <laughs> that I even started to do that. It sounds like it. It sounds like it. Um, for, for me, the creative expression has primarily been with words, but um, this is what Leonis just said. It's a very good example of how it needn't be words. It can really be anything. But um, I often my intuition is helped on by how much I write. I write every day. And sometimes I write things before I know that I even know them. So I think it helps to also figure out what your particular flavor is of creative expression, but I think everyone can benefit from it. And um, yeah, we generally try to keep our episodes around an hour-ish. So I think we're going to um, go into our little wrap-up questions and... Yeah, I will. I'll. I'll go. Go right ahead. My wonder for this episode is, um, I find it pretty incredible how things can happen in your life that you don't necessarily understand, or you don't understand why they happen, and then afterwards you look at them and you're like, "Oh my goodness, that makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense." And for me, my intuition has guided me on such an incredible path. If I look at my life now, I cannot believe the life I'm living and I know that I would not have gotten there if I was only listening to my mind I mean my mind is not completely missing but it's um it's clear to me that like some of these leaps and things that I have taken are thanks to this connection that I continue to build and I think all of us have that potential there's nothing special about me or special about Leonie necessarily but all of us have this ability to create a life that is really, really, really more wonderful than we ever anticipated if we just little by little start building this trust to listen to our intuition more. That was my wonder. What's your wonder? Um, it might be a bit weird to put this as a wonder, but for me what I'm realizing at the moment is how it's really an ongoing lifelong journey and it's always it's it's quite difficult one as well and because at the moment i like the past weeks i was sometimes like oh i'm not connected to my intuition i'm not sure what my intuition is telling me but then um now that i think about it i can see how many uh, how much i've been connected to my intuition the last years and how much i followed it and how much at the moment i am actually probably just afraid to hear what my intuition is saying and um so it's like, I think there's a, I'm trying to find for myself this place of playfulness 
and just seeing the wonder also in how we maybe hear the intuition, then we resist it, then we fall back into fear, then we come back. And like this kind of, it's never a stable place. It's always in motion. Um, and I think sometimes it's, it's easy to just kind of get wrapped up in the fear, but I think it's good to always take us back to this place of wonder and uh, be like, oh, wow, that's actually interesting. Like what is happening here? How can I explore this and what I can I learn? Um, yeah, that's my wonder. <laughs> I love it. My wisdom came up as you spoke, and that is the timing aspect. I truly believe that sometimes we do not have all the information we need because we to make a decision because we're not supposed to have all the information we need to make a decision yet. And that doesn't mean that your intuition is broken, and that doesn't mean that you're not intact. And just because you don't know every single second of the day what to go, where to go, there's not necessarily anything wrong. There's a trust in the fact that your intuition also works on a divine timeline, which is like, there's a reason why you don't have all the intel you need yet, because I don't know what the reason is, but there's a reason. <laughs> and then, you know, when it comes later, you might be able to do this process that you've just talked about, where you're like, oh, okay, I can see that that happened. And I can see that, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's not, this is not going to cure you from confusion. Confusion is a human thing and there's a necessity for it as well. And there are so many things happening behind the scenes in all of our lives that, um, you know, sometimes the answer is just to wait until you have the go ahead. And that's not a very sexy answer because, of course, we'd like to know, <laughs> like, I want to go now and now's the move and this is the move. And everything I'm talking about, like, I've experienced it. I know when to go, but there are long periods where I'm like, damn. I'm confused as hell. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> but I know that I didn't get the go-ahead on certain things. And I know what that sounds like. So this is not going to um, free you from confusion of being a human being. But you will. there's a certain point where you know when you've got the message, you've got it. You can't ignore it anymore. So just an invitation to not, uh, not let the timing freak you out too much because that's very a very big part of it as well. and. That takes a lot of strength and a lot of capacity to just sit in it, sit in that unknown, hang out in that unknown, and yeah, things unfold much more beautifully than you can imagine. Wisdom for you? Yeah, thank you. I don't think I have anything to add to that. I think um, it's something I very much need to hear at the moment again. But also I know that for me, learning how to be more comfortable with not knowing and not knowing everything and maybe also not having an opinion about everything um, has really freed up a lot of space for me. And um, yeah, so, so I think I will continue practicing that. <laughs> Amazing. I have one final um, little plug, if you will, which is if you found it interesting what we were talking about, um, this document is freely available. It's actually something that I want as many people as possible to have access to. So we'll link to it below. Um, I hope that it adds something. We obviously hope this episode contributed positively to your life. And yeah, it was a pleasure. Thank you, Leonie. I enjoyed that very, very much. Thank you, Megan. Bye-bye. Bye. If you resonate with Wonders and Wisdom, please follow us leave a comment or give us a rating if you're listening on Spotify. We would love to hear from you. Thank you.